And welcome back to another episode of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Dozell and myself, Son Edom, talk about the issues that go on in this world through a biblical perspective. And, you know, Dan, lately we've been talking uh, a lot of kind of theological things. It's been good to get into more of the word side of it and the Christian theology, the biblical side of it, uh, as opposed to the worldly side of it. And we've kind of been setting a foundation for things to come. But, you know, last time we talked, we had a a conversation about not having to pretend with God. When we communicate with God, when we go to God with our cares, our concerns, whatever it might be, you know, we don't have to pretend because he already knows what we're going through. And then some of the other conversations we've had, you know, when we talk about the book of life versus the lake of fire or that one sentence that could change your life, um, it's a lot of communication and prayer that we've been kind of talking about, you know, going to God. Salvation is all about, you know, Jesus dying on the cross, and then we believe that, but then we have to have a communication with God, have a communication. Um, it's a relationship, you know. It's God talks to us through the Bible, through meditation, through prayer, you know, and we have to have a conversation back if we're going to have a relationship. And so I thought what we might be able to do today is find out, you know, how to have a conversation with God. The Bible talks about, you know, the Lord's Prayer. We're taught to pray. And so we have an example of what prayer could be like, but there's some people that might not really know how to have a conversation with God because we're so used to the religious aspects. You know, we watch the Pope maybe and we see how he does services or maybe other churches have the ceremonial things that they go through. And oftentimes our idea of how we can communicate with God can be skewed by what we see here on earth. And so I thought maybe just having that conversation about how we can have a conversation with God could be something that we could talk about this week and kind of add on to the stuff that we've already been talking to here in 2022. Yeah, I tell you, son, I think that's wonderful. A few, few things really in life uh, would, be, would be greater than having a, uh, a close relationship with our creator. And, and I use that word, son, because you mentioned it here a moment ago, uh, this word relationship is what it's all about. And, and all we have to do, Son, is think about human interaction. You know, if, if, if we have a friend or a relative that we talk to once a year, um, that, that relationship, uh, while it may have been strong over the years and it continues to have that bond, um, there, there's not a lot of ongoing daily strength that, that you're necessarily gaining from it. You know, you appreciate that friend or relative. You uh, probably pray for that friend or relative, but in terms of a, of a real deep relationship, that takes a lot more than one time a year or one time a month um, or one time a week. You know, uh, deep relationships, let's take marriage, for example, uh, re- require uh, daily interaction, daily communication, listening, speaking, speaking, listening. And so it really is no surprise that when it comes to a relationship with God, the same thing is true, that we're only going to develop uh, intimacy with God, a close friendship with God, uh, when we talk to him often, which, of course, is so beautiful because God invites us to do that. You know, uh, humanly speaking, son, we might think, well, hey, uh, I, I don't want to bother God again. I talked to him earlier today, and he's got all sorts of people he's talking to. But, you know, the Bible tells us just the opposite. The Bible tells us you, you never have to be afraid of, of uh, talking to God too much. The Bible says pray without ceasing. Uh, and, and the Bible wouldn't say that. Uh, God's love letter to us wouldn't tell us to do that if God didn't want us to do that. 
And, and, and so he actually uh, invites us to have an ongoing conversation with him throughout the day. Uh, you know, I uh, came across a quote signed by a, a woman named Linda Schubert who, who wrote, God wants to speak to us more often than we want to listen. He is a God of love, and love longs to communicate. And isn't that true? I mean, whether it's a, a dating relationship, um, newlyweds, uh, a married couple that's been married for 20 years, or whether it's just two friends or, or two fellow Christians, you know, when you love someone, you long to communicate with them. And so I think it's a great topic to dive into today, son. And um, there are many reasons why uh, we can be encouraged to talk to God and to listen to him and to really develop this intimacy, which God created us to experience. You know, Dan, when you look at the various keys to communication or ways to communicate better that people have put out there. One of the, I guess, ideas that comes up the most is be yourself. Um, you know, if you're going to have an effective communication with somebody, you have to be yourself. You can't pretend to be something else and have, you know, honest dialogue with somebody if you're not yourself. And so when we have conversation with God, the first thing that we need to remember is to be ourselves because God already knows us. God already knows who we are. And so there's no reason for us to pretend we're something else. There's no reason to pretend we're holier than what we are. There's no more, uh, we don't need to pretend that we're a greater sinner than what we are. Uh, there's no way to, or no need to pretend that, you know, our wants or desires are less than what we're wanting, you know. So we have to be ourselves and approach God in an honest manner. Because, you know, when God speaks to us or when God talks to us, you know, there's different ways that he's communicating with us uh, or different um ideas behind it. Like, for example, in Psalm 119, you know, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we get direction. And then there's, you know, uh, God's love letters to us where he tells us, you know, just basically about the love that he has for us. And then there's, you know, practical examples, like maybe if you want to go with the Ten Commandment routes of maybe how we should live, you know, from the Old Testament, and then how that's backed up with Jesus dying on the cross, and now how we live under the New Covenant with Jesus taking the punishment for us on the cross. So there's many ways or messages, I guess you can say, that God is giving to us when he talks to us. But when it comes down to it, if we're not ourselves and we're not being honest in our communication with God, we're going to miss out on some of those things that he is talking to us about. And, you know, I think this is something, as we've talked about before, this is something that is critical when it comes to a conversation with God, because let's face it, he already knows what's in our heart, right? I mean, he already sees it. He he knows what we're feeling uh, at any given moment of the day. In fact, he understands us on an even deeper level than we understand ourselves. You know, our perception of ourselves um, is, is, is obviously um, on target because we, we know what's going on within us. But God knows us even deeper than that. He knows why we feel what we do, um, why certain things bother us the way they do. And no one, no one, Son, can, um, can do for us what the Lord can do for us. And, and that's why prayer is so important. You know, E.M. Bounds, who has written beautiful uh, messages about prayer, he wrote, those who know God the best are the richest and most powerful in prayer. Little acquaintance with God and strangeness and coldness to him make prayer a rare and feeble thing. So intimacy with God requires much communication, and, and true communication with God is, as you point out there, Son, it's honest communication. 
So whether it be anger at someone or God even, uh, whether it be some other uh, issue that is filling our heart, worry, anxiety, fear, um, you know, whatever it is, we, we might as well talk to God about it uh, because he already knows. And if we don't talk to God about it, um, we're, we're, we're missing out on all the benefits that the Lord wants to give us through prayer. Um, you know, I think uh, you might have even mentioned in our last podcast, you know, in uh, the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, you know, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And I love the words of Charles Spurgeon, who said, Jesus feels for you. Jesus consoles you. Jesus will help you. Now, I tell you what, son, that right there is a prescription for peace and power and forgiveness and salvation. When a person will come to Jesus and receive him as their savior, that's that begins the relationship with God. There is no relationship apart from Christ. Um, we can't know God. We can't trust God. We can't have a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit will not come to dwell within us until we receive Christ as Savior. And that kicks off the relationship. It's like when a baby is born into the world, that's when you start to celebrate with your newborn. Likewise, when a Christian is born again, saved, redeemed, forgiven, and justified at the moment of conversion. This is when the relationship with God begins. And unlike uh, a baby in the natural world, uh, unlike uh, a baby, we're able to immediately begin to communicate. Now, you, you can say that a baby has some, uh, some ways of, of communicating, but it's certainly not verbal, um, not, not in an intelligible way. But as Christians, we can begin immediately having an intelligible conversation with the one who died on the cross for our sins. Because, you know, before our conversion song, we weren't, we weren't understanding why Jesus is everything. Why Jesus is, is, is just the, the mighty, sovereign God along with the Father and the Holy Spirit. We didn't get that. But now that we're converted, we, we understand that. There's still a million things we don't know, but this thing we do know Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And that children's song um, says it beautifully, Son, and, and that's why we can be honest with God, because he'll accept us where we're at, he'll meet us where we're at, he'll meet us in the midst of our struggles or our worries or our sins or our complaints or our grumblings. Um, he will meet us there, but he, will, he, he loves us too much to let us stay where we're at, especially if we're talking about sin. He loves us too much uh, to let us stay trapped in sin, uh, trapped in darkness. He, he wants to bring us out of that, and he begins that at conversion when we are sealed with the Holy Spirit and we're granted the gift of eternal life, which he's not going to snatch away from us, even when we have our rough days. Um, but, but he gives that to us on the front end of our salvation. And, and how different that is, son, to so many religions today. Um, they, they dangle the carrot out in front of people. It's like jump through these hoops, you know, perform for God your religious duties or your good works or whatever. And maybe when you stand before God on Judgment Day, you know, maybe you will have done enough. How different that is from the true picture, the biblical picture of what Christ has done by dying for us. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So we don't have to perform for God to have him accept us or love us, but he will call us to follow him, he will call us to a life of obedience, 
once we are in a relationship with him, in fact, Jesus said, you know, if you love me, you will obey what I command. So that, that comes in time, but first you got to get saved. First, you got to get born again. First, you have to enter a relationship with God. And if all you've been doing is jumping through a bunch of religious hoops, um, then, you know, you better check and see uh, whether or not you have a relationship with God at all, because it doesn't happen by our efforts. It only happens by accepting what he did for us on the cross. Oftentimes, Dan, when we first meet somebody, there might be some awkward conversation trying to figure out that kind of flow, that vibe of what topics we're interested in. You know, maybe think, think back to dating. You go on that first date or two. You're still trying to figure out what things interest your date. Or maybe you meet somebody, you get introduced to somebody, maybe a business person or somebody at a party. And there's that, you know, awkward conversation, kind of start off with the pleasantries. And then there's just not much left to talk about there's you stand there awkwardly until you can find the exit um and so oftentimes people might think that when you talk to god you know what are we going to talk about you know maybe they're new believers or maybe they're young believers and or maybe they're just naive to it and they haven't really gotten into you know the bible and studied it but you wrote back in uh 2017 like five years ago there was an article that you wrote drink until you are thirsty and in it you're talking about the living water that fills us up but you make the statement in there that says, the more you drink, the more you find yourself continuously talking to God. Frequent prayer flows freely within any soul that's being filled daily with God's living water. It's a supernatural experience, and it's refreshing. So people that are thinking, well, what am I going to talk about? You know, what can I talk about? Because I just don't know. The more you delve into it, the more it's just going to naturally take over because, like you're right, it's a supernatural experience, and the more... We talk to God, the more naturally and more inclined we are going to be to continue that conversation because it's going to have that desire within us. So even now, if we sit here and we're like, well, I don't think it's going to happen. If you just start, then it'll just naturally progress and that momentum will get going, that inertia will be there. And the next thing you know, you're having this full on conversation. Yeah. Isn't that something how that works on it? And it is in that sense, similar to uh, our relationships with people in that you know, the more you talk to someone, the better you get to know them. I mean, this is how friendships develop. This is how conversation, you know, increases. You know, the more you know about someone, the more you're interested in, in, in continuing that relationship. And, you know, God has given us 66 books in the love letter that he gave to us as children. And there is so much information in there that will help us in our prayer life. You know, many Christians have discovered, Son, that you can pray the scriptures. That is, you can meditate upon verses in the Bible and then let that prompt your praying. I'll just give you one example. You know, take just one verse in the Bible, First Peter 5, 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I tell you what, son, I mean, you know, sermons uh, have been preached on that verse. Uh, Christians have just spent hours thinking about that one verse. And, and just stop for a moment and think. You know, if a person starts to meditate on what is that really saying, you know, and, and then you start to reflect on, well, you know, I wonder, have I really been casting all my anxiety on the Lord? You know, what, what things have I been asking him to, to lift from my heart? What things maybe have I been trying to just carry under my own power? And, and I've not really cast them on the Lord in any real sense. Oh, I grumbled about them and complained to some people about it. Uh, maybe I threw a prayer up to the Lord on it at one point. But if I really um, kept going back and cast, cast that issue 
on the Lord. Cast all your anxiety. You know, Oswald Chambers writes in my almost for his highest that anything that disturbs our peace in Christ uh, must be brought to him at once. And, and, and I think that is so true, Son. I mean, anything, no matter how big or how small, um, anything that disturbs our peace in Christ. And, and that's one of the many beautiful things about our Lord. Is he, he doesn't just say, well, only if it's a major issue, but, you know, you, you, work, you figure out those minor issues yourself. I'm too busy for that, you know. Nothing could be further from the truth. And that's why if you just meditate, even on that word, all, cast all your anxiety on him. I mean, if you were nice on it, if people listening to the podcast were to just start to make a list, you know, what things cause me anxiety? And then you make a list and maybe you come up with eight or 10 things, maybe a lot more than that. But whatever the number of things, um, you know, start to think about, am I really asking the Lord to take that from my heart and to replace it with his peace. So, uh, of course, the end of that one verse, and this is just touching just the, uh, just a few points. We could talk for hours about that verse. But notice it says, cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. You know, son, we're talking about someone who loves us more than anyone loves us, and that's God, who's done more for us. Uh, to save us by sending his only son than anyone could ever possibly do. And, and so it's because God loves us that we can have confidence to bring him our anxiety. You know, um, as it says in the Bible, you know, uh, you know, God has given us his son, you know, uh, how much more will God, uh, you know, give us uh, these other things um, because he graciously, he loves us. And so how much more will, will God graciously give us all things and that especially relates to um, removing anxiety from our hearts. But there's a part we have to play in it, and that is to cast it upon him. That's a choice we make. Uh, that's, that's prayer, praying to the Lord, bringing that to him. And, and many times, son, it's not just one time, um, but those things that cause us the most anxiety, uh, you know, there will be hundreds of times over the course of maybe a day or a week or a month that we'll need to bring that to the Lord because it still is upsetting our mind. And, and, and here again, now scripture is a very good protection against, uh, against worry, against anxiety. So the more we listen to God in his word, remember conversation is a two way deal. It's not just us talking to him in prayer. I mean, ideally it begins by listening to God first. So, you know, what better thing to do to begin a time of prayer with the Lord than to first listen to him in his word, let God speak to you through his word. That is, let him bring to your mind thoughts and ideas about what you're reading. And that's, that's what happens because, as the Bible says about itself, all scripture is God-breathed. As, as the Bible says about itself, the word of God is living and active. So because it's a living book um, given to us by the creator of the universe— when we read it, son, you know, you'll hear people say, you and I have experienced this, millions of Christians, you know, we'll say, you know, I've, I've read that verse for many years, but I never saw that point in it before. And so how does that happen? Because this book is alive. And you, my friend, if you're a believer in Jesus, you are a living being, your spirit is alive. And as your living spirit and your living soul interacts with this living book, this, this um, eternal book, um, you will have things come to your mind that you have maybe never thought of before, but God will impress these on your heart. God will impress these on your mind. And, and it's just amazing. I'll give you just an example. Um, there was a, a woman in our church today who's a, a wonderful, a devoted a Christian, and 
Um, she called me today. Uh, she has a, a family member who's, um, has a medical issue and, and she just felt like the Lord was just, um, leading her, uh, to call me today because she'd been praying about it, but she just sensed that, Hey, you know, I, I want to have Pastor Dan pray about this too. But what was amazing is not only did we pray for that individual, um, we ended up having a, a very lengthy, uh, prayer time together over the phone, um, for just many, many different things that would have never come about if she had not felt prompted uh, to do that. Now, this is a woman's son who told me again today, and I've heard her say this before, but and not in any braggadocious way, but just in a humble way. She just said, hey, you know, she just spends, you know, 40 minutes first thing in the morning in, in prayer to the Lord. Um, she gets up early. I know there's some uh, some Christian teaching on the radio that she really likes to listen to. And, um, you know, 40 minutes of prayer. But um, so this is, a, this is a godly praying woman, but she was led by the Holy Spirit today to do that. And then God just opened up the door for us to have a wonderful prayer time, um, you know, about, um, about many things. And, and I told her, because I looked at my phone when, when the conversation was about over, and I said, uh, I said, boy, time flies when you're praying. Because I said, we've been on the phone for 59 minutes. But that's what happens when you pray. Um, you know, you, you just kind of go into this, especially when you're praying with someone else, where two of you on earth agree about something. Um, you go into this other zone uh, when it's just a spirit-led prayer and the Holy Spirit's empowering you to pray. And time kind of stands still in a way, but, but you're carried along in your prayers. And so the Bible says, pray in the Spirit. That is, rely upon the Holy Spirit uh, to fall afresh. On you, you know, um, something we, we say every Sunday song at church, something that um, I mentioned before our podcast today, that beautiful song, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me, melt me, mold me, fill me, use me, uh, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. So we need the Holy Spirit greatly if we're going to have an intimate relationship with God, if we're going to pray without ceasing, if we're going to have power for prayer and faith for prayer and fervency in prayer and persistence in prayer. But the Holy Spirit will grant us that as we um, wait upon him. You know, in Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And, and so what a, what a blessing it is to ask God for more power from the Holy Spirit. And then really, son, to have that personal relationship with God, you know, with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus, our Savior, and with the Holy Spirit, uh, who the Bible refers to as the Comforter and the Counselor. Um, we get to know each one of these persons um, in, in prayer and in the Word of God. And, and what a wonderful friendship um, we have with God because of what He's done for us. I think that's the thing that a lot of people kind of forget about. They think of God as God, which he is. They think of him as this all-powerful being. They think of him as the creator of the universe without sin and all these, you know, magnificent things. But what they forget about is he's a friend, you know, he's right there with us. And we kind of, I guess, get lost in the concept of God and not realize that, you know, God's desire is to have a relationship. I mean, the whole reason why Jesus died on the cross was to save us from our sins, okay? So why did he do that? Why did God send his son? Because God wanted to give us an opportunity to be with him for all eternity. He could have just turned his back on us and started over, 
You know, he could have wiped out with the flood everybody, you know, but he spared Noah and his family. And then in Egypt, you know, he could have wiped out all of, all of Israel as they wandered through the wilderness for all those times. But God has always given us an opportunity to repent of our sins, to draw close to him, because God wants us there. You know, like Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for thus is the kingdom of heaven. It's like he, they're, they're, everything in the Bible that it's talking about is not like come to me in a reverent way and, you know, serve me and be, you know, subjected to me. Everything that God talks about, everything that the Bible says is, you know, come unto me because I love you, because I want to have a relationship with you, because I want to commune with you, because I want you to be with me for all eternity. It's, it's that loving relationship like a parent, like a father to its kids, you know, and I think we lose track of that because oftentimes we get caught up in the religion of it and people don't really understand and realize that, that it takes a little bit, you know, I think it's what the faith of the grain of a mustard seed to realize, you know, to be saved, but then you realize that it just takes a little bit just to get going. I think there was a song out there that it only takes a spark to get a fire going, and that's all it takes is a little spark inside our soul to get that fire going, that burning love for Jesus, get that, you know, what people would call that uh, mountain high when you go to summer camp and you're up there in the in the mountains and you're, you know, do your week of summer camp and you come down, you're on fire, that mountain fire, that mountain high. You know, but it only takes you getting on the bus and going up there to get that. And so for us, it only takes that little spark to get that fire going. And all we have to do is just remember that God is right there. And all we have to do is just, if we don't know anything else, is just listen. It's just, you know, meditate. Yeah. Yeah, son, that, that's so great. And I, I'm reminded uh, as a child, we would go to a, a Christian camp every summer and, uh, they, it was in a lake there in Iowa, Lake Okoboji. And uh, we would have b- these bonfires uh, that we would sit around at. We'd go to like a youth camp. And there was also like a family camp where we would then go uh, like in August, our family would go. But we, we would sit around the uh, the fire there at the camp. And, and I remember singing that song. You know, it only takes a spark uh, to get a fire going. Um, and um, that's so true. You know, the Bible says, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Um, we need the fire of the Holy Spirit. You know, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell upon the believers, um, tongues of fire came to rest upon them. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit here, represented in fire, um, represents this, this burning zeal to then, look at what they did. They, they went out and they preached boldly. I mean, Peter and John, they're preaching um, right after the, uh, the falling of the Holy Spirit. And, and here's Peter, who denied the Lord three times. He was so fearful uh, that, you know, uh, somebody would think he was with Jesus. What made the difference? Uh, well, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had said that this would happen. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. And so there is power to witness. There is power to pray. There is power to live for the Lord in the person of the Holy Spirit. And and you don't have to look any further. Then, then God's power, if you want to have a friendship, a relationship, a conversation with God, um, he will provide the fire for that. Because we naturally saw none of us have it. None of us bring that to the table. Um, we are weak. We are sinful. Um, even with our best intentions, we don't have the kind of power that is needed to converse with God, to be honest with God, to be persistent with God, to be faithful, you know, just filled with faith. When we pray, but the Holy Spirit does all of those things in us and for us 
And so God doesn't just say, oh, well, you need to pray. He says, hey, uh, I'm going to give you power to witness. I'm going to give you power to pray. But we need to wait upon the Lord. Um, as D.L. Moody said, you know, a lot of times the Christians may be praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but God first needs to empty us before he can fill us. And so whether that be pride issues, uh, whether that be selfishness, whether that be a whole range of things that we struggle with because we're sinful. And, and for one person, it might be this struggle. For someone else, it might be this. But in both cases, um, these are things that are blocking the filling of the Holy Spirit. So even before we ask God to fill us, uh, we, we need to pray with the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me, and then lead me in the way everlasting. And so when we pray that sincerely and honestly, wanting God to just get rid of anything that will keep us from having a spirit-filled life, uh, boy, that is, um, that's the right path. Then we're, we're moving in the right direction as, as we follow the Lord's lead. So, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing uh, to be able to communicate with our Creator, uh, especially after all He's done to save us. You know, Dan, we live in a busy world. We've got busy lives. We've got jobs to attend to. We've got uh, maybe family activities, maybe even church activities. I remember one time I was at... Uh, a conference put on by the radio station that I worked at, and um, it was a pastor's thing. And there was a pastor up there, I forget who it was, uh, but he told, and he was talking to other pastors because it was a pastor's conference. He was talking to other pastors, and he was telling pastors that they need to stop doing the business of church and start getting into the word and preaching because a lot of people forgot about that. The aspect of a pastor is your first thing is to preach, and then secondly, you know, I guess be the CEO of the business. I don't know. But that was the whole point. So oftentimes we forget that, you know, the Bible is the place that we need to to be in. The Bible is the place that we need to go to. So I'd ask you if someone's listening and in this busy life that we live, and we've talked about, you know, how that fire gets going, the little spark, and how like you had that conversation, and pretty soon an hour goes by, and you're like, wow, who who knew it was an hour? You know, went by pretty quick. How, what would you tell them? You know, because you got these things like our daily bread and these the little devotionals, you know, one minute devotion that you can kind of listen to on the way out the door, type of thing. So in this busy world that we live in, and after everything that we just kind of talked about, what could you tell mm-hmm. somebody? You know, advise them, I guess to let them know that it's really important to set aside time to get into the word and to study it and to meditate and to allow it to have that relationship build, knowing that the Bible is, you know, a source of knowledge. It's a source of food. You know, it's, it's a, it's a communication, you know, from God to us. What would you tell someone in this, you know, frantic world that we live in to slow down and to take the time to, you know, get into the word? Yeah, you know, Son, a great question. And I think about my wife, Tammy. Um, we've been married for 31 years. And, and I love something that she does every morning. Um, and um, whether it's a day that she's getting ready to go to work at Hobby Lobby or if, if she has the day off that day. I mean, either way, um, I love her habit of putting on her Bible app and just letting it play um, on whatever, you know, book of the Bible she's listening to at that time. And so if she's getting ready in the morning, if she's getting um, some breakfast, um, you know, she's just listening. So, you know, this is, this is something, Son, that I think that in our busy world, you know, I think about how much time people spend commuting, uh, especially in certain cities. You know, 
Um, or just like I say, as in the case of Tammy, um, when you're getting ready at home, um, anybody can put on a Bible app, you know, and, and the beauty of that song is you might be getting yourself ready in front of the mirror, but you could be listening to that app. You know, you might be doing something in the kitchen, but you can let that word just be filling your heart and your mind. You know, the Bible says faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. You can have that on in your car, you know, and, and, and the reason I say why this is so important, Son, is because then um, scripture is what will fuel our spiritual life for the day. Um, we desperately need the word of God. You know, the Bible says man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And, and what we will find is that, um, you know, it's like I, I wrote in that article, you know, eat until you're hungry. And then the other article, drink until you're thirsty. Um, even if a person doesn't yet have a hunger for the word of God, start eating it. And, and something very different than what happens in the natural realm will happen. In the natural realm, we eat, sometimes we eat too much, we eat till we're full, when really we should stop, you know, probably well before we're full and let, let the uh, food start to catch up with our hunger a little bit. But, but we, we certainly, most of us, tend to stop when we're full. But that article, eat until you're hungry, the way it works in the spiritual realm is the more you eat of God's word, as Jeremiah said, when your words came, I ate them. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. And, and that's a supernatural dynamic of the Christian life. The more you eat, the hungrier you get. Um, Jesus said, if you believe in me, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Um, and by this, he was referring to the Holy Spirit. Um, drink until you're thirsty. Ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm not really thirsty for more of God. Start praying that prayer. You're going to get thirsty. Um, as you are emptied and then filled with the Spirit, you're going to want more and more of God's presence and power behind you, and you'll find yourself praying all the time for more living water, more power from the Holy Spirit to, to fill you, because this is the way it works in the spiritual realm. So I think that was a great question you asked, on, and, and I think, you know, many times God is wanting us to, to take that step. You know, the Bible says, come near to God, and he'll come near to you. So maybe we're feeling spiritually, there we go, lethargic. I'll get it out. Spiritually lethargic. And, and uh, you know, if we're feeling that way, um, you know, the way to the way to overcome that is, is by feeding our soul the Word of God and by uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, um, and that's God's living water. And I bet, Son, you've never heard someone say lethargic with about five letters in front of it. <laughs> so, well, sometimes are the being lethargic can can act can feel like that that you're kind of like in, in uh, quicksand and you're trying to get out of it. You know, it's a slow yeah, right. moving thing. You know, and 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 we're trying to you know it's kind of like we're being chased by the monster in the horror movie and we're trying to get up the stairs and the stairs are made of marshmallows and you know and, yeah oh exactly yeah like in a dream you know you just can't get away and that and that's like our um that's sometimes like our lives you know our lives are like that our spiritual lives you know right. we're we're, we're right. trying to we're trying to move towards god but we're kind of in this sluggish marshmallow stairs or sand uh you know quicksand and we, we can't quite get there because you know, we're yeah. just we're just not motivated. You know, we're not motivated. We're trying to get there, but, right. but we're not motivated. That's right. No, that's right, Son. No, that, that's exactly right. And and this is what Pentecost changed. Pentecost gave the disciples um, that intense motivation and power. In fact, you know what they said, Son, in um, in Acts four. They said uh, in Acts four thirteen, for we cannot help speaking 
about what we have seen and heard. Now, 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 notice the difference between that and Peter when he was asked if, if he was one of the Lord's disciples three times before the crucifixion, he denied that he was one of Christ's disciples. But now, what do they say, Peter and John and the others? We cannot help but speak about what we have seen and heard. And, and so what it has been compared to is like, take like somebody trying to pump water, like there's a pump in the ground, there's a well of water, let's say out on a farm, and, and you have this pump, and you pump, and you pump, and you pump, and maybe you get like a drop or two. Well, that represents us trying to live the Christian life or, or live a prayer-filled life um, in our own power, in our own strength. We pump, we pump, we pump, we become lethargic, we, uh, we become, um, I forget the word you used a moment ago, son, but it was just, you know, we're, we're just kind of stuck, we're stalled, you know. Now, compare that to an artesian well, which is something happening underground where the water is flowing in such a way that it gets to a point and then it's just forced up out of the ground um, this in this artesian well of water. And, and that is representing the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a, a great little song, and, you know, a lot of times we sing it as kids, but, you know, I've got a river of life flowing out of me, uh, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. Uh, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Well up, oh, well within my soul. Well up, oh, well within my soul. Um, and then I, I forget where it goes from there. But, but, but that's the power of the Holy Spirit, this river of life. Um, so we all experience what you just mentioned a moment ago, Son. We all have these times of dryness, spiritual dryness, or, or spiritual boredom, or spiritual whatever, and there's no oof, you know. Um, well, uh, i tell you what, um, one example, Son, just happened to me today in that story I told you about praying with this woman in our church. Um, you know, I had already been, you know, uh, doing some prayer this morning, but I could feel the power of the Holy Spirit during that time in an even greater way. You know, Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. And, I, you know, it was very easy, son, to, to pray with her or for, for many things. And, and, and uh, not only did I know that, that um, you know, she was, was someone who would really be participating in that and not, and, and, and not feel burdened by that, but rather be blessed and be joining in prayer and agreeing in prayer. Um, but, but it was just so easy to flow. Um, it was like that artesian well, you know, um, praying in the spirit is the way that we see our prayers answered because we're, we're, we're praying in God's power. We're praying in faith. Um, you know, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that, of course, applies to a righteous man or a righteous woman. Um, and when you get two Christians agreeing in prayer on, on anything, Jesus said, you know, at, you know, where two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. So just think about that word, anything. Just like I had us thinking about that word, all. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Um, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done to you by my Father in heaven. So, so here's an example of how Scripture builds our faith. Scripture motivates us. The Holy Spirit's right there to just come right on in with that, that flowing water. That, uh, and, you know, it's amazing sometimes then for a Christian, the dam will burst. You know, many Christians saw have described um, just the fullness of the Holy Spirit in their life. You know, some Christians talk about, 
a second blessing. Um, and some, you know, in the Pentecostal uh, circles, they refer to it as the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, D.L. Moody, um, who was a famous evangelist, you know, he said, hey, you know, um, we are leaky vessels. Uh, we need to be filled up every day. But, you know, D.L. Moody definitely had a, a second blessing kind of experience. You know, he'd been preaching the gospel and going along, and, and these two women came, these two Christian women came to him one day, and they asked him, hey, have you received the second blessing? He didn't know what they were talking about. But he began to seek God for greater power in prayer, greater power in, in, in witness. And, and as he sought the Lord in that song, um, he definitely experienced what he, what he described as just this, um, th- this power from God. And um, in fact, uh, he, he even uh, has a book um, with, uh, with power uh, in the title. And, and I'll, um, I'll think of the, the full title, Secret Power. That was it. He wrote a book called Secret Power. And, and the reason it's kind of called Secret Power, side is I think a lot of Christians have never been encouraged to, like, go to God for more power, for more power in prayer. For, 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 you know, again, if somebody wants to call it the baptism of the Holy Spirit, somebody else wants to call it the filling of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Bible uses, you know, the word filling, um, you know, probably the most. But um, even in Ephesians, when it says, do not get drunk on wine, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That was an instruction to Christians, of course. And, and the, the tense of the verb there, the Greek verb, it literally means keep on being filled. Not be filled with the Holy Spirit as a one-time act, but keep on being filled. So while there, for many Christians, ha- have been a, there has been a one-time, um, what, they, what they would point to as a second blessing, when they sought God for more power, secret power, then what they found is, is while God answered that prayer and, and poured out his, his Holy Spirit upon them, and of course in the Bible, you know, and of course Pentecostals will um, we'll talk about, you know, the gift of tongues and, and not all Christians have the same agreement on, uh, on, on really the definition of, of who is spirit filled. I mean, you know, there are a lot of Christians like Billy Graham and, and others who would, who would, um, teach that, that being filled with the Holy Spirit may or may not involve the gift of tongues. That, 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 uh, you know, the Pentecostal realm tends to just focus more on that. Um, as the evidence, if you will. But I'll tell you what, um, tongues or not, um, you know, every morning we wake up, we're, we're going we're gonna to need to be thirsty. We're going to need to be filled. So I would say, son, any Christian who is hungry and thirsting for more of the Holy Spirit, whether they have the gift of tongues or not, they are doing a very righteous and noble thing. And, and in fact, in some cases, uh, you know, there have been some circles where the gift of speaking in tongues has kind of been held up almost like it's this badge of Christian superiority. But, but here's the thing, though, son. Um, Christian gifts are not the same thing as Christian maturity. Um, you may have a gift, but not be very deep in your faith. So um, the minute a person starts to equate any gift, be it tongues, be it one of the other gifts mentioned in the Bible, with, um, with Christian maturity, um, you better be careful there be, because... Um, we need daily vigilance. We need daily diligence. We need daily surrender. And without that, um, a person can talk all they want about, well, I'm a spiritual Christian or this or that. Um, really, son, what I find is, is most of those Christians who are spirit-filled don't talk about it. They, they don't go around, you know, proclaiming how spirit-filled they are because they're too busy praying, witnessing, trying to obey the Lord, and trying to help people wherever, whatever situation they come out of. 
whether it's a non-religious, whether it's more of a kind of a, a mainline denomination, whether it's Catholic, Protestant, Pentecostal. And so I think we have to be careful that we don't try to put God in a box. Yeah, Dan, because it's not like if you ask God for more, he's going to withhold it from you. If you ask him for more of a desire to follow him, more of a desire to love him, more of a desire to communicate with him, more of a desire to live a godly life, he's going to pour that out on you. He's not going to withhold that from you. Um, Amen. You know, and so we don't have to be going back to pretending. We don't have to pretend. If that's what we really want, just tell them. You know, I think a lot of people kind of get mixed up with the messages of this world about asking God for things. Like, you know, when, yeah. when you hear about that, you ask God for things. Well, a lot of them, a lot yeah. of people interpret that as like worldly, like, you know, lay up your treasures on earth type stuff, you know, and, yeah. and, yeah. you know, possessions, material things. But, and, and then when we don't get it, we're like, well, why didn't God give us a Mercedes or whatever? But if, yeah. if you say, God, give me more of a desire to serve you, give me more of a desire to serve others, give me more of a desire to be like you, give me more of a desire to love my neighbor as myself, give me more of a desire to, uh, forgive others that do things against me because this world, you know, there's a lot of hate going on right now. And there's probably a lot of people that are struggling with a, with an anger towards somebody else for, for doing them wrong or for, you know, how about the separations over the masks and the vaccines and stuff that we've just had and how now all of a sudden masks are going away. And now what are we going to do? Are we going to have a healing? Are we going to have a, a relationship healing? What about family issues? You know, people that are at odds with family, you know, if we ask God, to give us a desire to patch up these relationships. It's not going to be like, okay, no, thanks for asking. You know, he's going to pour out those things upon us because I think that's what he wants us to do. Now, the end result might be something different because there's other people involved in that, but we ask something from God on that level, on those terms type. I think he's going to give those things to us because those are the things that are going to draw us closer to him and 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 make us closer to eternity with him by granting those things upon us, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense, Son. And, and Jesus, you know, would, would speak about that. You know, I mean, if, you know, um, God is not going to give you a, a stone, you know, if you ask him for, for fish. I mean, if you ask him for food, he's, he's going to, he, he's a loving God. He wants to fill us. And, you know, one of the things I thought of, like when you mentioned anger, for example, Son, is that in addition to the gifts of the Spirit, what is equally important is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and this is what God begins to produce in us after our conversion. When on the front end of our relationship with God, we are saved, redeemed, born again, justified, and forgiven. And, and that fruit of the Holy Spirit um, will be evident in a person who is spirit-filled. And, and this is why when a person says, well, I'm a spirit-filled Christian, what I always look for is in, in, I listen to them, Son, in terms of their explanation, is are you only talking about a particular gift? In this case, the, the gift of speaking in tongues. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about a demonstration of the Spirit's power in your life on a daily basis? For example, is, is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, um, is, is that being demonstrated in your life, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Is, is, is that being um, demonstrated? And um, in, in addition to that, um, are you finding a greater power uh, daily for prayer and for uh, for the word of God and for witnessing and for serving others and for using your spiritual gifts. Because I think where people sometimes make a mistake, Son, is they think, well, hey, you know, I'm a spiritual Christian because I had this experience a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, Son, 
again, going back to D.L. Moody's quote, we are leaky vessels. We have to be filled up every day. You know, I, I think on Earth, your son, maybe the time that I uh, sensed something that might be the closest to what it's like in heaven was when I was at the Promise Keepers Conference in Boulder, Colorado in 1994. And I just remember being in that stadium with men and the presence of God was so thick. It was so strong. Uh, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed many um, times of, of great spiritual power. Um, maybe it's praying with one person like I did today and, and, and uh, m- many times like that, uh, many times preaching, uh, many times witnessing, um, you know, many times going out and, and uh, sharing the gospel. I mean, I think back and I've shared here on the podcast, you know, in 1989, when we uh, we did the gospel rap music, we did the second album there in Los Angeles, and then God allowed me to go and, and really hand out thousands of those on the streets of the different cities that we were going to for a, a gospel rap concert, and there was so much spiritual power in that, and then God kept replenishing the supply. There was the zeal to reach the children, you know, for Christ. I had worked here in Omaha with the uh, inner city ministry in 1985. And God gave me there a very, very deep love for the Holy Spirit um, and, and, for, and for a deep love for reaching souls for Christ, reaching the lost for Christ. That was what God really um, filled me with. And, and, then, and then out of that, you know, I just sought the Lord, Lord, please let me reach these kids that we're, we're witnessing to. Uh, we were doing vacation Bible school for these inner city kids. They're in the housing project at the Logan Pontnell housing project. And I prayed, Lord, please use, um, use me to reach them more than just one day a week or a few days or an hour a day. And so the Lord led us to do this, uh, this, this gospel rap music, but it was just a way to try to communicate on that level, reaching these souls for Christ. And then the Lord enabled us to uh, distribute about 90,000 of those tapes. And, you know, I told that story, son, of, you know, my prayer back then, was, um, Lord, just use this to help these kids know Christ. And I was so blessed here a couple of years ago when I heard that story of the Christian hip-hop artist Flame, and he was doing an interview before a concert, and he was telling this story. Uh, he's from uh, St. Louis, and that's where I went to seminary. And um, he was telling this story of how one day this uh, this white dude came walking through the hood with his bag of, of, of cassette tapes. He was giving them out. And, uh, and that was, that was the, uh, the committed album that I was giving out. And, and he talked about, um, he talked about that. In fact, son, he even mentioned, um, one of the songs on there, maybe a couple of them, but one of them he mentioned was God made sex. And that was one of the raps we had on there talking about God's plan, uh, for sex between a man and a woman in marriage. But, but the reason I point that out is that my prayer was Lord use this. I mean, I didn't know that God would use that. He, he was about seven years old at the time. And Flame went on to describe how that was, they asked him when was his first exposure to Christian music, and he said that was probably it. And um, but then for him to go on, I think there was something like four hundred thousand, you know, albums that he sold and, and a Grammy award, whatever. N- none of the awards mean anything, uh, but what does mean something is reaching people for Christ, and then having them um, reach others the way that Flame is. And I know in your life, son. I mean, you know, you and I met through the podcast then. Uh, I'm sorry, through the radio program there on the Frank Sontag show in Los Angeles and, and all the people that you've been able to reach through your radio ministry, both in LA and beyond now, um, as, as the Lord has just continued to open up those doors. Um, but it's amazing to me how the power of the Holy spirit 
He just fuels our fire. Um, he fuels our fire. And, and I know for me, son, um, and, and I'll give one last little personal example. Um, I remember in North Omaha when um, I was just hungering for more of God's spirit and more of God's power. And, and, I, and I just remember uh, one time, and I forget how I even ended up there, but there was this small inner city Pentecostal church. And there were a number of different churches that I was blessed to attend over those years. But I remember um, this church, and I remember being up front there at the altar and just, um, you know, calling out to God uh, for more of his spirit. And that was just one of many times. Now, that was, you know, when I was like in my, you know, what, uh, early 20s. Um, but um, I remember that that, it, that was one of many times when I began to seek the Lord for more power, um, more uh, ability to be a witness for him, um, and, and more power in prayer. And, and so um, we've got to ride that train when the Lord um, starts to move in us. We've got to jump aboard it. We've got to use the gifts he's given us. We've got to seek him for more power. And then when you come out on there, son, people are going to find God may use them in a Baptist setting, in a Pentecostal setting, in a, in a Lutheran setting, in a non-denominational setting. Um, and, and that's why I wrote an article years ago uh, for the Christian Post. Um, essentially, the title was, um, you know, why, what was the title? Something like, um, you know, why, why there are, you know, why there really are no denominations or why there's really just one. I mean, there, there's only one church and we get hung up on these labels. We get hung up on little, you know, maybe doctrines that we think would be the main thing we should preach when really what we're all called as Christians to preach is Christ crucified. Um, and when we do that under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, um, in whatever our camp is that we're a part of, God is going to use us. And you've seen that, Son. I mean, I love listening to your stories about all the different Christians that you've interacted with through your radio ministry and there at KKLA. And you got to witness it firsthand, you know, how God would move or, or what God was doing in different situations. And so I think you have a very unique perspective on the Holy Spirit, just because it's interesting to me, you know, we did our second rap album out there in LA. I was just out there for my, my third year of seminary training, but you spent many years in LA. And uh, so you, you, you've seen God doing a lot out there on the, uh, on the West coast. And I just, I just love hearing some of those stories because I love hearing how God moves in so many different ways. Yeah. I've been blessed to be able to take part in some of those things. And, and Dan, it's like, um, Luke 10, two says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So if we want to work for God's harvest, all we have to do is ask him and he will provide the opportunities. Amen. Dan Dozell with me as always, Dan, we appreciate it. We thank you for your time and for your words. And we look forward to many more of our conversations, God willing. And again, um, just for your insight on how to, have a conversation with God. Well, I tell you, son, it was my pleasure. I love, I love these talks that we have, and um, I love this topic that we covered today. And uh, so we'll, uh, we'll look forward to our next visit. And for those of you that would like to maybe hear other past episodes that we've done, you can always go to RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Click on the Sanctified Reason logo, um, and all the episodes will pop up, and you can listen to all of our past episodes. And for those of you listening, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.